You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of Paper Town Podcast, episode 92. How you doing, bro? 92. Yes, we're getting there. Getting close to 100, man. Getting excited. Our first big goal, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely, man. I, I was thinking, you know what? It would be like a if we just got all the like the street artists or people who we've been have been on the podcast and you draw like their symbol or whatever, you, you know what I mean, on like one piece, that would be kind of like, I mean, it's not a hundred actually, because we had some guests come back twice or something like that too. You, you know what I mean? But it would be pretty cool. Like I, I think, like you know what I mean. Maybe we'll have some time to do that or something like that. But I was just thinking, like that's... you might have some time to do that over here yeah. at the, uh, the teacher household. We're pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> time doesn't stop over here when you got twin, almost ten-year-olds who are wanting to do something for their ten-year-old uh, birthday next month. Um, yeah, and the uh, the wife is getting closer and closer to casting her uh, her film uh, that they're gonna shoot in Budapest, possibly like uh, September and October. <laughs> nice, uh, nice. So it's a done deal now, huh? No, it's never a done deal, dude. Okay. Never a done deal. Yeah, um, you know, anytime at any, especially with what's going on with the virus and everything, you know, it still may get shut down. Who knows? Mm. Um, yeah, but it's possible to travel to Budapest, which is where they're going to film it. Um, so, but things may change, man. Who knows? Can't seem to get our shit together over here and get this damn thing under control. Mm. Well, mm. And I saw yeah. you put a piece up, man. And, uh, um, you, you know, rest in peace to uh, John Lewis, first of all. Um, yeah, man. That's, that's like one of the last icons of that period, man. I mean, you know, he marched with, you know, um, Osama and got just his head was crushed in by a, a cop and um, you know it was pretty pretty uh, traumatic injury and uh, he recovered from that and just kept going man uh, like you know uh, Martin Luther um, days uh, so he's like the last of his of his type you know so um, yeah I uh, <laughs> it was actually one of the tougher stencils I've cut just because I. One of the, a, a small detail with when I'm cutting my stencils that I've realized, um, I was out of flat white paint that I usually spray on the back of the paper before I put it on the uh, cutting board. And so I had some satin white and I put that instead. And what ended up happening was the satin stuck to the board a little too good. And all the small, small line cuts, instead of just peeling those right out, I'd like go to peel it and a little piece of break off another little piece of break off another little piece so it's like basically almost like doing a wood cut <laughs> um one millimeter at a time one square millimeter at a time it was like uh, it took me about three almost four times longer than it would have but you know what dude i was thinking about it. i was like you know what after what this guy went through in his life this is nothing so <laughs> really uh you know it totally helped me to keep going because there's been other times I've cut stencils and used something different instead of what I'd normally use and I've gone through that and, you know, I'll stop 
give it a day or two or whatever, just so I don't get frustrated with it. But um, this was easy to go ahead and just keep working on. Um, also, because I was listening to your music, dude. That, oh, yeah. uh, Thanks, man. Ted is very, very motivating music, bro. Um, yeah, I got a new mixtape out, basically. Uh, every single summer, I release my summer shenanigans um, uh, mixtapes, basically. And uh, this year, uh, you know, it's an hour, I, I put out an hour-long one because I figured people need to just, you know, for my mixtapes, I, I listen like to it about 12 times now. Between... <laughs> <laughs> Cutting the stencil of of, of uh, John Lewis and and um, actually the the stencil with the, with the fist with the piece saying uh, effort to equality. Um, I was listening to it while I cut that stencil as well. Um, dude, I love it. Motivational uh, music, man. Um, Thanks, man. And I so mean... last night, last night I met up with my brother uh, Scott with uh, Loud Labs. Um, nice. Give that dude a follow. He actually goes live on YouTube uh, when he's out doing his thing. Um, but uh, met up with him down in uh, in Skid Row, and put up the uh, stencil of John Lewis with the uh, effort to the quality stencil. And um, dude, it's <laughs> this one guy came walking by. I was like, "Hey, yo, what's up, man? Yeah, man, man you, um, I've seen your stuff, man. I've seen your stuff." And then I recognized him. The box that I have that's close to there I actually hit a different spot than I normally hit. I have a box that's on Fifth and Main, but they just kept buffing it like within days so i had a box on los angeles street and fourth street which is mm -hmm. right there on the bottom side of or the top side of the skid row and um <laughs> the guy that i normally see at this other box just happened to be walking by and recognized me and he's like yeah and so he hung out while i was uh, doing the piece and then um sc marrow <laughs> remember sc marrow yeah the, man, i love the, her man the She's nice awesome, young little uh cute little young lady that is like maybe i don't know five two and about 80 pounds <laughs> <laughs> i all of a sudden it is teacher i'm like what oh wow it's sc merrill you know Dude, we and, actually have that moment on uh i i saw it on her story man so uh let me, let me just pull it up real quick man because it's kind of funny dude, dude, she, like... she was by herself <laughs> she was by herself and she was walking along skid row bro no Same girl fear. man well dude i mean no fear man she has some um, amazing piece, uh, pieces recently, but let me pull that up real quick because we actually have the moment that she ran into you, man, real quick. She uh, documented it. I think it's kind of funny, man. Oh. Hey, you're next. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to SC, man. She has some really cool yeah. pieces. I don't know if you've uh, seen her most. Oh, hell yeah, man. She does some really cool conceptual pieces, like sculptures as well. She works, she does pieces with wildlife, um, which she's not on Instagram or anything, but he's like total old school um, friend. Um, and yeah, man, she has no fear. I was just like, you're not here with anyone. You're by yourself, just walking down the damn street, man. It was, you know, about 11 o'clock at night. Okay. Uh, um, so uh anyway check out got, her uh, old... piece man i wanted to sh uh she has a, a museum of confederate and uh imperialist monuments and it's a uh a, a dumpster <laughs> and <laughs> oh oh my gosh that's awesome that's awesome wow. man and then uh there's a really cool piece of this like pigeon she did too like this like mama pigeon thing right and then so uh all the little <laughs> pigeons are like beating at her, her feet, oh, man, you huge. know what I mean? So I was like, damn, it's man. Huge. 
Yeah, it's super awesome. Some of the the pieces she does, man, and uh, you know, like uh, definitely some innovative. It's multimedia, art. like what she uses to actually accomplish these pieces is, um, you know, it's things you're like, oh my god, that's so clever. You know, how did you come up with? You know, there you go. See, there we're looking at it right now of how she built the base and using uh, wood strips and tape, and um, wow, it's a lot of cardboard as well. Uh, so she has wood for a frame, and then cardboard around, it, and then plaster Paris. Oh, that's up on the. That's up on the roof of uh, Winston, I think. Yeah, she's. I think she definitely worked on that with uh, with wildlife. Yeah, um, uh, our the other one definitely was with. Um, let me see here. Interesting. So, yeah, super cool stuff, man. Y you know, um, so I I just thought it's pretty cool that I actually documented. It. That was a genuine reaction where you're like, oh shit. <laughs> Well, I mean, of all places, you just don't expect to see, like, a nice, sweet little old girl like that. You know what I mean? Fucking Skid Row. I see him in the waiting room, man. Um, you want to introduce our guest today? Oh, man, this dude's a legend. Um, I, uh, I remember when I first saw pieces of his, they were massive. Um, he, uh, they would do these paste-ups, um, and he had this character uh, looked like a race car driver. And it said, all the girls love Earl. That was the first image I remember seeing of his. And it was huge on the side of a, of a, of a um, building. And I mean, he was at least 12 feet in diameter, this thing was. And um, man, whenever that dude would go, he would just go big and just have a big tub of, of uh, wheat paste with him and just blitz the town. And um, he's been doing this as long as, I mean, as long as I've I've been noticing street art for sure, man. Here's a little yeah, one of one of the big ass pieces like I've seen on the street, man. Something like yeah. that. Yeah, you know I mean, like for those of you who are watching, um, that's that's probably about a, a ten foot high by six foot wide piece, you know, and it's probably like a couple of pieces that he pastes up and, and matches them up and everything. But um, yeah, I just I love seeing the image. It just makes me happy. You know what I mean? It's like you see this good-looking guy, and it's like all the girls love Earl, man. Like, who Earl? I'll let him in then, man. All right. Yeah, man. Put on your red shoes and dance the blues. There he is. What's that up, is the fellas? man right there, dude. Thank <laughs> you so much for joining us. Um, it's nice to finally meet you, you, Earl, <laughs> Brett. Dude. What would you like for us to uh, address you as? You have several names. <laughs> well, everybody wants to call me Earl, but I always say I'm, I'm not cool enough to be Earl. I'm just Bubba the janitor at Earl Lube Industries. <laughs> <laughs> well, I beg to differ, my friend. I've, I've, uh, I've seen your work around for a long time, and uh, I've met you and hung out with you a couple of times. And um, I just, you know, you're like a, um, you know, a sentinel. A legend, man. A legend in my book, you've man. been there and, and actually develops your own paste, um, the oral lube paste, which is uh, my favorite. It is, it blows my mind how you made it smell like spearmint. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I still don't understand how that works because any of the paste that I ever use, the wheat paste, Oh my God, if you don't get rid of that stuff in time, whew, man, it stinks to the high heavens. Yeah, um, it, goes, it goes rancid in, the, in a heartbeat. 
Now that's oh my God. story to the whole deal. <laughs> I mean, are, but, you, are um, you a chemist? I mean, uh, mixing these chemicals, I mean, that does make you a chemist, but I mean, would you consider yourself a chemist? I'm a chemist, by the way, so I, I'm curious, you know. <laughs> no, you know what's funny is, uh, so I have an engineering background, motorsports okay. mainly, and, uh, and then I'm obviously an artist. I've been an artist since I was a kid. Um, that all happened by accident, and I like to say that the chemical industry eats their young. You know, it's like it's like it's probably been the hardest thing I've ever done. And I've you know I've made I've been to the Indianapolis 500 as a participant numerous times, and um, but yeah, the, wow. chemical, the whole chemical deal has been pretty difficult. But, but can I you know, stop you there for just a second? I'm sorry. Sure. You said you were at the Indianapolis 500 as a participant. Um, what kind of participant were you exactly? Uh, I was an engine manufacturer, so I was a I was a vendor for uh, when. So anybody that knows that history, there was uh, the racing organization CART was split up, and and the IRL started Indy Racing League. When that happened, the two engine suppliers were GM and uh nissan under their infinity brand so i was a i was part of the infinity brand the infinity indy program so i made all the fuel injectors and a lot of the engine parts for that so i went with those guys five years in a row as a participant wow. which was a dream come true you know my dad won a trip there in 1964 and he brought me home i always say he brought me home a shitty eight millimeter movie shot from the grandstands but he brought me home a mobile oil checkered flag and i was smitten with that and uh so i have a long history in the motorsports industry and when uh you know i had a chance to go and do that that was a childhood dream come true that's amazing yeah, that's awesome so your dad was into the cars as well yeah, my dad was an early hot rodder drag racer, and uh, so I was kind of born with it. My, I have two younger brothers. The middle one really never got the car bug, and my youngest brother did. So, but I'm the one that's you know been in that industry all this time. Awesome. What was your first car, by the way? Uh, it was a '41 Willys pickup, gasser style, and it was wow. a very very nice one. Yeah, my parents bought it for me, and you know I had to pay it off, but. Uh, yeah, I was pretty lucky that way. Man, I mean, th those are classic, man. I, I, when I, when I asked you your first car, you, you actually smiled when you said that <laughs> the car. You know, I could tell that. Dude, uh, someone like memory. him's gonna know that. They're gonna remember what the first car Definitely, is. Definitely, man. Sure. Those are so now, classic. You said you've been a, you said you've been an artist all your life. Um, so like back when you were a kid, um, do you remember what kind of things you were drawing when you, uh, when you first were were doing art? Yeah, cars. <laughs> I was too, man. I've I've told people, uh, James can attest to this, that uh, one of the first things that I can remember myself drawing was when I was in a four and five year old uh, little um, preschool, and I had these little pieces of paper that are like three by five pieces of paper, and I would just draw a hot rod on there, um, and you know, with flame shooting out the um, pipes and everything, and um, over and over again, the same damn hot rod, and I'd take it to the little preschool and give it to all my friends. Um, so what kind of, what kind of cars were you driving? driving uh, you know, mostly, mostly drag racing stuff, but my dad was into everything, you know, so like I said, he won a trip to Indy. So he was into, you know, sprint cars, midgets, Indy cars. 
but primarily drag race stuff in the early days. And then I grew up in a little Bohunk town in El Centro, California. It's uh, southeast of San Diego on the Mexican border. And uh, so, you know, we had a lot of off-road stuff too, but uh, it wasn't until I moved to Orange County in 74 that I got into, you know, IndyCar stuff and road racing and more sports car stuff. So, and then- What kind of, what kind of schooling have you had? Uh, the school of Hard Knocks. <laughs> well, I mean, did you go to any kind of a, a junior college or something like that for well, engineering? Know, well, you know what? I had a high school shop class, and I think it, it's uh, it's very sad that most of that's died nowadays because I yeah. still use skills I learned in high school shop class, believe it or not. Yeah, wow. you know what? They, they, I, they don't have that anymore. At least when I was going to high school, basically, that was like, you know, early 2000s, basically. Uh, or late 90s, actually. I mean, they still had it. You still had your shop. You still had your wood shop. You, I had a professor that had his finger cut off from the from the jigsaw, you know, just to warn you. Like, <laughs> just like, hey, man, this is real. You know, you know. so th those are fond memories for me, too. I mean, like, it sucks that these kids... But wait a second, wait a second. So you, um, you got into doing, um, you know, engineering and everything. Um, what, what kind of schooling did you go to to get that job? High school shop class. <laughs> wow, dude! Literally, that's I learned. That's impressive. Wait well, a second. You know, so I had an aptitude for it. I think that's important, and uh, and I always had the curiosity. And I was, uh, you know, I would just I would work at jobs literally when I was, you know, a kid for just sweeping the floor to learn. And uh, so I was very. Uh, I was very much into like metal fabrication and then I and then from there I got into machining and then I got into computer operated CNC machining and I did that for over 35 years so and then wow it's amazing through that it's kind of a funny story you know I've worked for guys like Dan Gurney I worked in his I worked in the private side of his business and what I call his hobby shop or his R&D shop and when I started doing street art, you know, I was working there and I had a really good job and really well-paying job. And, uh, and you'll like this because, you know, one of the, one of the first kind of guys that took me under his wing was a guy named Rick 455. Or if you remember that guy, he was a big sticker. Yes, yes I do. And actually, I had, I did some projects with him. He worked with Mir One. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, what was funny, it was, he was calling me, I'm working in Dan Gurney's place and he's, he had to, he was so underground, he was borrowing a cell phone to call me. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm stepping out of a million dollar, you know, plus shop to talk to him. And, uh, and you know, and it's really weird because I'm, I'm living the dream of my career, but I'm so obsessed with street art, you know, as that was more my draw than anything at the time in my life. And uh, it still is, but uh, I always remember that picture I'm stepping out of this, you know, white painted floor shop, air conditioned, millions of dollars in equipment to talk to this dude about street art and putting up stickers. And, and, and it was just weird. It was just a dichotomy like, you know. So the actual image of the, uh, the, the one that you paste up with the uh, flag in the background is actually Dan Gurney, is it? No, that was, that came about. So like a lot of Orange County guys, everybody's like gotta make their run at a clothing line you know because we're in the Volcom <laughs> area and, and sure. silver and all that so at the time i was working on a on a clothing line that i wanted to do 
was based on vintage racing, kind of what, uh, if you're familiar with Johnson Motors, this was kind of pre-Johnson Motors, but similar idea. But uh, so one day I'm at my buddy's house and uh, he's a fellow artist and we're talking about this clothing line. He goes, you know what, you need, an, you need a mascot. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good idea. And, and for, it was just so serendipitous. When I, when I left his place, I was going to dinner with some guys. And uh, by the time I got to the stop sign down the street, this clothing line idea was called Early Speed. And, uh, and I had, you know, it was Earl Lee was a play on the word early. Women seemed to pick that up guys never get it but that was that's where the name Earl Lee came from and then by the next stop sign I had this all the girls love Earl idea just all okay it's kind of like musicians talk about how a song comes to them it really had little to do with me it just came it just came and uh, so by the time I got to dinner I mean I had him and then I had this image the the race car driver's head coming through the flag is not novel to me it's like a it's like a, a 30s kind of image that was used a lot back in the like racing magazines and stuff. Mm, okay. So I had that image in my head and I just started playing around with some faces and um and nothing resonated with me. And I've never said this publicly, but I ended up using my dad's face, you know, and it wasn't oh. my my family doesn't have the photo gene so it's like i got very few photos of my dad but there was this one of him sitting on the couch and i was and i just vectorized it and um that's awesome and and it wasn't and i always had to say it wasn't done out of reverence it was just total humor the whole thing was total humor so it wasn't like i did it to be reverent to my father you know trying to be our, nostalgic and yeah but it but it happened and it is what it is today and and that's the story of earl that's so <laughs> that's crazy awesome. you know what i because... never really told that publicly you know some people know about it but uh yeah thank you for sharing that first of all know. i mean I'm just i didn't, I didn't know about the earl lee now i do um i'm just pulling uh, up the image real quick um of what i'm talking about basically if you're uh listening to the audio um well, well there you go man yeah, the actual image you need to pull up one with the flag so that would okay. be the OG. yeah let me the just pull up one with the flag OG. right here that's that's the image i remember seeing is his uh his face with the flag there you go yeah that's that's, that's a good urbanized one awesome. <laughs> it has been urbanized you know, you know um i i remember though this is so funny that you, you mentioned it's kind of like a uh it's, it's a picture of your father because we used to ask people, hey, do you know who this is? Do you know who this is um, early on when uh, maybe like around 2010? And I, somebody told me, I don't know who who's the person that told me, but it, somebody told me that it was a father and son team going out and pasting this, actually. So, I mean, there's always like legends <laughs> that kind of travel along that get the telephone. Urban goes. legends. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think it's awesome that we uh, get to hear that story today. In a sense, it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I got, a, I got a question for you, um, Bubba. Um, what, what was it like the, the first time? Because I remember when you would go out, you would just, you would go big time. And with some big, big pieces. Um, when was the first time that you went with a big piece? Yeah, I didn't start out like that. Like everybody, you know, I made a three-foot piece, and when you when you're in your studio, it's like, wow, this is huge. 
Yeah. You put it up and it looks like a postage stamp on the street. <laughs> 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 so, and the, you know, so the, I always like to tell the story. The first time we put Earl up was, uh, there was a, an old 40s theater in Corona, the mean streets of Corona Del Mar, if you know where that is, you know, it's like a high-end beach community, but there was, <laughs> yeah. an, old, there was an old movie theater there that they had, uh, they had closed up, and, and at first they had, uh, they just plywooded up like the, uh, the doors, and the ticket had a, you know, separate ticket deal out front, you know, this is 40s style, like deco, art deco, and the, the marquees, you know, they were just all black plywood. Well, this is, uh, this is, this is like, you know, months before I ever first got up. So Skullphone and who was hooked in with the Volcom guys were hitting that thing up. And I saw that and I was like, man, I just, I, it just resonated with me so hard. I wanted to, I wanted to do that, you know, and I had Earl, but I was too full of fear to even go to Kinko to print one out because somebody might see it and might see me and might put me together, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> what's funny is I was reading your guys' bio before I came on and uh, and it just, it was so, it, it was it, it was so, what it was like back then, it was so secret back then. You guys talk about that in your bio and, you know, it's different today. It's funny how 10 years can be like a lifetime in this business. But anyway, so... So then, so then they ended up, ply, then they ended up plywooding the whole thing, just blocking it off with plywood. And I'm like, oh man, I missed my chance. But then it dawned on me, they just put up fresh canvas. And so the first time Earl ever got up on the street was on that plywood there. And, and it was like, man, I was so proud. But it was so small, you know, it looked so small. <laughs> so it was a three foot piece? The first piece you put up yeah <laughs> and so then we ended up so you gotta remember this is like i never can remember the exact date when i started let's say november 2007 but this is when the recession hit so oh, there yeah. was all these businesses boarded up so there was nothing but plywood you didn't have to be a vandal you just have to go hit the plywood on the windows so i just started going down the coast highway newport beach and i just in, in uh, what they call Mariner's Miles, all this high-end area, but all these places are boarded up. And next thing you know, it made it into the Register newspaper. And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but to answer your question, so the first time I started getting up big, a key, a key to my story is when I started going into LA, and again, before I got on here, you know, I kind of, I was kind of putting a, a, a list of the people that were in the game when I was there. And guys like, uh, you know, to this day, uh, um, uh, Felix is, you know, he oh, yeah. are really close. He's one of the first guys that helped me start getting up in L.A. You got to awesome. get him on. Yeah. We've done so a video he, uh, of Felix. There was a lot of guys that ran together back then. So it was Felix and Common Sense. It was uh, Destroy All Design and, Sh and Scepterhead. So a lot yeah. of those guys went out together. And so what happened to me when I, when I got into L.A., um, my kind of my first, you know, Rick 455 helped me and he put up a bunch of Earl stickers. And then, so Iskander had his gallery, which was brand new back then, right? I don't remember oh, yeah. of it on Melrose. So, Lab Art on La Brea. Yeah, 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 Lab Art. So, 
you know, there was people that put stuff up and then there was people like James's story that documented it, you know. And so one of those people that was documenting it at the time was, uh, you know, photogenic, Jen. And, uh, and so we were talking back and forth and she, and I would have never gone to, to a gallery or never come out of the shadows or anything. Again, I'm, I have a really a high-end job. I'm really paid well. I mean, I careful. Yeah. So anyway, she talked me into coming to that show and I showed up and there was people like uh, Army of One from New York. Oh, Earth, wow. Those guys. Jeff Campion. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I showed up there and, uh, you know, hey, I'm Earl. I had some stickers. And the funny thing is, is that like they already all knew me and knew, you know, knew Earl. And it was yeah. just opened up. LA just from there opened up. So anyway, shortly after that, and I can't remember all the gallery names. I'm at a gallery. Scepterhead had a showing along with Nomadi, which I love their stuff too, in mm -hmm. in in uh, Chinatown or uh, Koreatown or Chinatown. Koreatown. Oh, yeah. I don't remember the gallery. It's not there anymore. But anyway, I met Stuart Noble. I don't know if you ever met him or not. But, no, but I know who he is. Yeah, he was, a, you know, so he was a guy that, he was a professional wheat taster, and he yeah. put stuff up for Chef, you know. And I met him, yeah. and, uh, and when that happened, the whole game changed, because I was all of a sudden, he had been putting up stuff with Chef starting in England, and he, I don't know, at that time, he'd been doing stuff for over 10 years, on a daily basis, almost. And I hooked up yeah. with him, and that's when I started going big. That's when uh, I started uh, going second story, and we were going out like three nights a week, and that's that's what really put a roll on the map. So. Oh yeah. Let me just. Uh, yeah. I'm just gonna pull up one of these second story ones right here, and. Uh, uh, and for those of you who, uh, maybe not understanding what he was saying, um, Shep, uh, that's Shepherd Ferry, and uh, he's talking about Obey Giant. Um, you know the big. Uh, Andre the Giant images. So um, those those images go up every once in a while, and they're just massive. And so that was uh, Stuart Noble that was, I remember was, that uh, night. Uh, so another <laughs> oh the old blockbuster building piece. I remember that one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I could go on for hours. I'll tell you what. So again, hold hold that picture there for a minute. Yeah. If you look between these two windows right here, there's just a little square over here between these two side windows. On the right side or the left side? On the left side, on the left side oh. over there, there's a little, there's, a, I know you went too far, go out. Okay, see this little square right here? I wish I could. I'm sorry, and tell me if my mouse were to move. There's a square on the wall. Oh, yeah. I see it. Go to the left a little bit with your arrow. No, you're going right. Okay, right, right there. there. Right there, yeah. right yep. there. So, that is a framed dollar bill that this is this is what makes street art so cool to me who knows who put that on there who knows who would ever see it that was one of the coolest things i've ever seen in my life was this framed dollar bill that this guy took a dollar bill and repurposed it and did this skull face in there and glued it on that wall, and it was one of the bitchinest things ever. And you know what? That guy will probably always be anonymous. I have no idea who did it. But those were that was like one of the little Easter eggs that you used to see. Again, going back to your bio, you're talking you're talking about maybe in the future taking people to get the real experience. 
when you're out there doing this stuff at night, you see things that no other human see or <laughs> yep absolutely some of it's good and some of it's not you know but uh but that i'll never forget that little piece of art right there is, is it's so weird to say that that's but that, uh that's actually um a guy that uh, went by the name of chod c-h-o-d okay um he did a, video did a lot of pieces too. did a lot of pieces with dollar bills um and uh he also did like some parking signs or whatever that um yeah, he was he was actually throwing a lot of money at uh, at his project, and then um, he ended up historian. he ended up you know just kind of fading away a bit. And then he actually has a uh, an Instagram with um, uh, squirrel photography. He actually takes pictures of uh, he had this where he lived in in um, in uh, I guess it's Hollywood. Uh, no, it's near Beverly Hills where he lived. Actually, went over to his place. Um, he actually has this this squirrel that would come in and like hang out and he would feed it and everything and like have it sitting on his hand and everything so he became a squirrel photographer so that's that's who that that's who that dollar bill was was uh chad that's <laughs> but so I know exactly awesome who you're talking that, about. no geez, that, that's amazing that's so cool that i got to find that out finally i'm telling you that thing i don't know why but that thing really resonated with me yeah no it was, it was very clever the, the pieces that he did some of them were, were very clever um and uh you know he, he spent a lot of money there to see it obviously you can't drive by and see it because it's so small it's a dollar yeah. bill it's, it's unbelievable that's like running into uh stickman stuff that's in the corner oh yeah tiny box or something like that i mean that's yep. the kind of stuff that you know i always thought was so cool i love how you put it um, in an easter egg basically because inside video games you know normally there's like or, or just inside life i mean like you know when we go on easter egg hunts basically but these are like easter eggs of uh if you're in the know you're in the know kind of kind of exactly. you, you know what i mean and i i love that description basically um got a quick question for you um baba did um you ever have any uh, problems with the uh, with the law? Ever come upon any cops rolling up on you or anything? You know, I don't know why, but uh, Earl always got a lot of love and uh, and a lot of luck. Um, there's numerous times that you know they rolled out of the out of the alley, and uh, and I, I gotta say, in Orange County, you gotta be more cautious because it's it's more conservative and the and the police yes. as busy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the, so, you know, I've had them go by numerous times and, and you know what, you just keep, you just keep putting it up. You just keep, keep, you know. <laughs> look like you belong. You just look like, hey, I'm supposed to be doing Don't this, right? run. <laughs> yeah. Don't. It's all body language. That's but, for sure. You know, again, with, back to uh, Stuart Noble, the very, very first night I went out with him, we started in the broad daylight, which I had had never done before at the old spaghetti factory you know which was closed yeah. down and yep. they were like the bus pulled up there and there's you know hundreds of people getting off the bus and we're out there just pasted away and it's like no big deal <laughs> that was foreign to me and then from there we went to a place on uh, uh i can't think of it, you know huge street and and there was a it was the a, a hotel motel there that had all scaffolding in front of it well, we're going oh to get God. there. He's going to jump up there and, and, and put a giant piece up, you know, a, no a piece. And, and I'm like, and right across the street's a restaurant with all these picture windows. I'm like, what about all those people? It's still not dark yet. All these <laughs> people, he's like, 
Those people will never look over here, Brett. They're too busy looking at their phone. And so oh, yes. he was up there pacing, and I walked over there in front of that restaurant and watched that, and he was absolutely right. Nobody ever looked out the window. <laughs> and then the other thing he told me is oh, nobody ever looks up. And sure enough, you can be, you were safer on a second story putting up a six or eight foot piece than you were on ground level. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the things I learned when I came to LA. Police <laughs> <laughs> are busy, unless you're really, you know, a really a vandal or really causing trouble, they're not going to mess with you typically. Mm. Yeah, you know, you know, it's kind. Of, well, I just, I'm just reading a little bit about uh, Stuart Noble here. Uh, he passed away, I guess, like six, seven years ago, basically. Uh, he yeah, yeah. By, he's struck by a car. Man, this guy's well, a legend, yeah. man. Like, uh, I'm just saying, like, uh, mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know, the average, you know, street art fan probably wouldn't know about him. But if you get the chance, man, I mean, uh, read up on him because I guess he helped Shepard uh, quite a bit. And there's a lot of uh, uh, cool in-action photos here. I'm just going to pull him up real quick just because he definitely deserves the uh, yeah, and oh, dude, that, that... recognition, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. There I mean, he is. Check out some of these pieces. I mean, uh, we've seen before that he's helped Shepard with, man. So, uh Shepard wrote like a nice little, uh, um, a little like blurb about, article about him. So check that out uh, on ObeyGiant.com if you ever get the chance. He was a great guy. You know what? It blows people's minds, but we would go out and we would go through ten gallons of paste in an evening. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Remember what I was telling you earlier, James? Yeah, I yes. like they would, they would go through it. I just remember one time um, back when they they still had the uh, Merrill's and Fairfax blog. Um, that uh, I don't know if you or you know one of your guys or whatever had put a comment on uh, on one of the posts that Greg had done on you, and uh, he was just like, you know, one of Earl's pieces of Sunday. He goes, yeah, wait till the dust settles and you'll see what all's been. <laughs> <laughs> this man was out and just goes boom, 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 boom. boom. Yeah, and, I would uh, I would typically travel with fifteen, you know, three five gallon buckets of paste, so we get busy. <laughs> I'm just so curious about the pace because being actually like uh, a chemist myself, you, you know what I mean? Um, I'm, I'm working with acrylic too. That's kind of like one of my uh, main business sectors actually. So uh, I, I'm just curious. I mean, you know, normally the wheat paste stinks, you know, but I keep on hearing yours smells like, you know, Listerine. You, you know what I mean? So like, how did that come about? Like when did that, was that already kind of like you were developing your own stuff early on or um, what was like your first recipe, I guess? Well, when I got into that game, you know, I say it's a curse and a blessing to have an engineering and an artistic mind in the same head. So, you know, I'm very curious. So when I got into that game, and, and, I'm, and I'm, a, I'm a real neat freaker, I'm a, I like good stuff, you know, and I like the best, like, you know, if you look behind me, there's a red toolboxes full of I, I see it very, tools. very clean and uh yeah. tidy i mean it's all nice and organized right oh, yeah totally totally it's anal so nice when I, yeah. in indie when indie I, I got, quality basically you know what i mean i could tell anyways please continue yes so everybody made wheat paste with uh you know golden dry uh wallpaper paste which is crap and uh from the hardware store and then typically from there, everybody had their secret ingredient, and everybody's secret ingredient was based on, well, you know, Johnny told me to use this, or my buddy Billy told me to use this, or whatever. <laughs> it's uh, like a drug recipe. <laughs> so when I got 
end of that game, I, I started asking everybody, well, what are you using? And why are you using that? Well, Johnny told me to use that. Okay. So it really, I mean, there was all kinds of weird stuff. The, the most common would be, uh, you know, golden dry wheat paste and, uh, and wood glue. Okay. Yeah. I tried that. But you know what? That stuff doesn't work. It just didn't work. And, uh, and it would always go rancid. Yeah. So, and that was very aggravating. Oh, it smells horrible. So, so then when I met Stuart, you know, everybody knows that Shep has a, his formula that because he uses uh, golden acrylic and it's, you know, it's really expensive. So I started playing around with that and the same thing, it still goes rancid. So I'm like, you know, there's got to be something better. So I just started playing around and, and then I found some European cellulose and then I was trying this, I tried Shep's, you know, recipe and I tried this and I tried that and then I had Stuart who had been using you know chef's recipe for years saying yeah this is good that's not good but so I just started playing around with it and uh and so I'm using all off the shelf items right and it gets more and more expensive the better and better it gets and uh and then it would still go rancid and then I'm like at one point I'm like I'm just tired of messing with this stuff <laughs> and I was going to give up. I mean, I had kind of aspirations. Okay, maybe I can make this stuff and whatever, sell it. But um, I was done with it. I, it just, it aggravated me so much and it got so expensive. And then it went rancid one more time. And it really just pissed me off is what happened. And that spurred me on. I'm like, I know there's a solution to the rancid part here. So what I did was I just took everybody's recipe and I had, and you know, over that time I bought all that stuff and I took like this arm load of stuff and I went and I found the chemist, a, a paint paste chemist. And I put all this stuff on his desk and I said, hey, here's what I'm doing. I didn't say I'm a graffiti artist, but I said, you know, we're pasting up paper outside. I want it to be nice. you know, waterproof if possible and you know, yada, yada, yada. And he's like, that, none of that'll work. He says, this is what you need, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So now that we use 11 ingredients to make it, um, you know, I buy all the raw materials. I buy, you know, back to the engineering deal, I buy the best possible materials I can buy. And, uh, and 11 ingredients later, I'm on probably, I don't know, the third iteration of it, and I'm getting ready to make another, another jump up in it. Amazing. So, I want to talk to this chemist, man. De definitely. <laughs> well, you know, that's a story in itself because the first guy had a heart attack and then I had to go to another guy and he's died. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'll hook you up. If you, if you know, if you need uh, some chemists, I'll hook you up. I'll hook you up. Bubba. Dude, there's your guy right I'm in the here. industry. Yeah. We're actually uh, formulating some paint cans right now. And, uh, you know, I already have a good idea of, uh, uh, kind of the base of it because like it's probably I'm guessing it's probably like a water-based acrylic it, 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 you know oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like a fast yeah, track from yeah. Dow or a real plex or something like that too yeah yeah you know I mean well, so, but, so but now what, I've become I'm not turning you down at all I would, I'd like to talk about that more but I have become somewhat of a chemist myself but amazing yeah yeah it's still frustrating though yeah, yeah you know the line, I've, become, I've got a guy that 
that makes, I call him my business mentors. He makes a similar product, but it's an industrial application. And mm. he's, to give you an idea of his size of business, he, he does 2 million a year just in shipping. So you can see how much product he moves. But he's opened up his chemist to me. And, uh, and so I've gotten some help there, which is great. Nice, nice. The company actually all difference in the world. always looking for more help. For sure. Yeah, no, we, the company I actually represent. We actually manufacture uh, acrylic resin, actually. Um, so, uh, nice. you know, so uh, normally ours is for like the solvent-based type. I can't believe we're having this talk on. This is these are like completely separate worlds. No, but I love I'm it because <clears throat> because in I'm the art ears. world, um, people always think of the chemical industry. Um, you know, when you think of the chemical industry, you think of pollution, you think of, you know, all these negative things, because there are huge businesses that, you know, are, are running these things. But also, you know, at the end of the day, like things like art paint, you know, things like wheat paste, all these are chemicals too. even even your shampoo, you, you know, I mean, so there's good people in the chemical industry, you know, people. people yeah, well, I mean, shampoo has, uh, has cellulose in it, you know, almost yeah, toothpaste yeah. has cellulose in it. We're using cellulose for, you know, yeah. But you know what, what it, so Earl Lube is, you know, it's water-based. I don't recommend drinking it. Don't, you know. Not, <laughs> I've tasted it. Yeah, but it's not, I mean. I couldn't help not, it, dude. I had to taste it because it smelled so good. I was like. Well, the, the mint deal is, again, as part of the humor. It was like, I can't remember his first name, but he's a, the artist Ewing. He's a, he's a well-known artist. But he used to say his, his art was minty fresh, and I, and I just kind of liked that, so. You know what? Actually, I should say this part of the story. So, you know, Earl Lube, I'm sure teacher knows this part, but so after I started putting up Earl and the story of Earl is like, you know, he's this, he's this, uh, he's this vintage race car guy, obviously, but he's, he's supposed to be like a millionaire when a millionaire, when a million dollars was a lot of money. He's a sportsman, you know, like a, a Thurston Howell on, uh, on Gilligan's Island. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's supposed to be kind of that character. So I started in, in order to, in order to uh, justify his income, I created this Earl Lube company and I appropriated an old vintage Pennzoil oil can and started putting, I started running this faux advertising campaign on the street. So it was Earl Lube (laughs) and you know, all the girls love Earl Lube. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. So, uh, you know, just the quarter day and all the girls would love you too. And, uh, and, uh, so when I started making the paste, you know, what happens when you're, when you're putting stuff up on the street, like the mindset of, Stuart and and Shep is is that you know you try to get up by yourself you know you're I never put up anything with anybody else but when you do that what happens is other people come with you know they call side by you which is which is all cool but what would happen is their stuff would fall down in a week or so and my stuff would keep writing so everybody started taking notice of that and they're like well what are you using for pace and I'm like well I'm making my own and, and so the other artists are the one that started calling it Earl Lube because of the faux advertising campaign I was running. So again, that just happened by accident. I never would have called it Earl Lube. That's such a good today, story. You know, I have it in art stores today and it's kind of like, it's an odd name, but it's cool. You know, it's, no, I, I don't I, know, it's weird, but it's cool. 
It's I weird. That's it, no, so that's totally such a good story because I, I I'm curious too how because I started seeing it uh, appear online and I was like, whoa, this is an actual thing. Was this like the plan the whole time? You know, so I'm so happy to talk to you about what was this? What was this piece one? Because this is the can, the Pennzoil one, but basically, uh, I guess it's a little bit like a sculpture. This one, right? That's yeah, so for those funny. of you who are just listening, it's just a a regular um, lube can with the old tiny um spout <coughs> that you would dig into the top of it but i made those cans and uh and Stuart and i glued that up on melrose one night and by the morning some guy had uh stolen it stolen it whatever it, you know we <laughs> put it up there to you know whatever you put on the street's gonna happen yep and and it was already gone by the next morning but dude posted it you know you know, posted it on Facebook or something. It was that was funny. Well, I yeah. can see in that picture he had a ton of uh, of glue or uh, epoxy. Yeah, right. it was on the uh, underside. Yeah, <laughs> we used liquid nails. Uh, <laughs> Actually, yep, I can I see it. It. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. There you go, man. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen that in years. <laughs> you know, I, lo I love it because I can tell that you're such on your page of, uh, um, all, you know, all the girls love Earl. You don't just document your own stuff, too. You know, you've been such a supporter of our show. And I, we appreciate that so much. You, you know, you posted the Mr. Romano thing for us. And, uh, you, you know, I love that you, you're still just continuous fan of it. You, you know, I think that's like well, my, whole, my whole thing. My whole thing is and I can say this with total honesty is just artists helping artists that i mean i gotta tell you i've never made a penny on this project i never i've thrown if i told you how much money i have in earl in the whole picture it'd curl your hair it's really it's really about artists helping artists i mean you know someday i hope to have it in every art store in the world but it's not there and uh what um well, we might be able to help with that yeah. Which, uh, which, just curious, which ones, uh, which art stores carry it right now? Um, that they people because they're probably some you know new pacers listening that want to get their hands on the best stuff, you know. So, uh, just curious. Yeah, well, this is they, absolutely, yeah, I can no matter that, where they the are, that they can mail order it. And, uh, so what happened was there again, I use this word serendipitous, a lot of things are serendipitous, but uh. Yes. So there's an art store called Art Supply Warehouse, and it's in Westminster, California, which is here. It's on the border of Orange County and Long Beach. So I, I didn't know anything about that store. I didn't know anything about any art store. And I just went there one day and, uh, you know, with my hat in my hand and some Earl Lube, and I, and I went in there and, uh, and, and I talked to the, to the owner and the guy, the guy's name is Mark Ball. And, uh, and he's a super, the thing that I did know, I mean, I bought stuff in that store over the years and they started with a small graffiti section in the back corner of their store. And now it takes up this whole one side of their store. They, they probably have the biggest graffiti store that I know of anyway. That's what I've heard too. Yes. Yeah, so, and then serendipitously, again, I use that word, um, I've, he's has the biggest independent art store in the country or at least this side of the Mississippi so anyway I went in there and I sat down with him and I said hey I'm making this stuff what do you think I have no idea you know what the price of that or anything and and 
he's a super progressive guy and he's and he's super about helping people and new products and he took me under his wings and once again you know somebody helped me out and uh and I'm forever grateful that guy I have a super relationship with him to this day and you know I do my part I you know I show up I do what I say and I you know I and I, I give him a good product and uh and we've worked really well together so anyway he also does you know big mail order business and then since then and he's you know he's helped me and spurred me on to go I, I got into raw material art supplies in uh in downtown LA, LA yep. which I believe they're closed up because of the COVID-19 thing. I'm not sure what they're doing. Uh, and then I've recently got into GrabAid. Gary, you know, Gary Coma knocked something over. And um, and he's a great guy. And uh, and they're they're open for business and they do mail order also. And then because of the COVID-19 thing, you know, the retailers don't like you to come with them and I don't really do that but I've opened up my website you know during this thing and uh, you can order direct from me awesome. so that's where you're gonna benefit the most if people order directly from you correct well yes and no I mean you know in the big picture is you know the retailers are the most important thing and I you know take care of them so right. it doesn't matter to me where you know the retailer you did it you know yeah, the retailers are always kind of a form of marketing for, for your products as well, too. So it, it's always nice to have it in the stores. And a lot of artists, they like to go inside the store and go shopping, you know. But in this age of COVID, sure. man, it's such a crazy time. I think, like, you know, you know uh, I, I believe only, like, a couple stores are doing curbside pickup. You, you know what I mean? Right. So it, it's right. like a, a challenge here. But, you know, I never heard of Art Supply Warehouse. And uh, I just I just pulled up. It's so awesome. This store is, like, huge. And then. There's the Earl Lube right inside the yes. graffiti section. So you man. can see that whole wall. There's nothing but cans, and then you know, then they have another wall, nothing but markers. I mean, that store is unbelievable. Yeah, check this out. This is you gotta this go like... check it out. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> holy cow! Yeah, you know, hey, we, we, should, we should talk to them when uh, we get our go paint, man. You, you know, I think that definitely. This, this is the outside. It looks super cool, man, and it's in Westminster, so. So it's yeah, not too you should, far. You, you know what? You should talk to Mark because he's a super cool guy and uh, he's on top of everything. And yeah, awesome. Yeah, a, we'd love to support people who support the artists too. Just look at this cap section, man. Holy crap! Jeez. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, so this is this is uh, this is the spot you want to go, man. Free plug. For like a candy warehouse, man. Store. Seriously, yeah, I mean, like, it's a candy store know, for graffiti artists. Yeah, he's buying containers, a load of stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Oh, man, this is amazing. I'm wow. so Art Supply See, Warehouse. Oh, I just walked in there by accident, really. I had no idea. Okay, it's the local art store. Because really, he's the only art store we have left in, in uh, Orange County. We wow. have a flick and stuff, but it's the only, right. you know, of any consequence. Yeah, the, there's the Blix and Fullerton, basically, too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, a lot of those... Store yeah, a lot of those stores are uh, going the way of the dodo, man. Definitely, it, it's definitely. Well, that's, a little bit. that's the thing why I want to support my, you know, retailers too, is because you know the mail order. We know what's happening in the brick and mortar. We need to support those guys. We need those guys. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I mean, they got they got a website too, so uh, it seems like you know you can buy some stuff online too. But uh, uh, he does man. a lot of mail order. Yeah. 
I mean, my, you know, Michaels is definitely not the business. Uh, that, that, that's all I'm saying, right? You know, Michaels. Well, is like, Michaels is more for crafters, you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's more for like, uh, yeah, you know, your craft club and stuff like that. So, not not to say that, you know, but the supply. Well, you know what? Michaels used to have um, some Liquitex spray paint that was actually somewhat similar to Montana. Oh yeah. But they stopped carrying that also. All they mm. have is like the the um, Krylon uh, spray paint, which yeah. is crap. Yeah. And uh, and that's you know it's like they have junior uh, graffiti supplies. It's it's right. really kind of sad. Um, <laughs> junior graffiti. But they but they but they do have six hundred stores. And I would love to be in uh, there. That's uh, oh no kidding. Eventually, yeah. Yeah, that's not true, man. They yeah, are yeah. all over the place. A lot of those big box stores, I think. I, I mean, the ones with the so many locations is that they really push the pricing down for. Uh, um the the manufacturer you know so again it kind of becomes like all right you're not making money on the actual products but you're in michael's and it's a good kind of like advertising retail thing you know what i mean but uh yeah i'm a long ways from being there <laughs> well yeah. we'll help you, you know, yeah. i've heard so many That'd be awesome. i think just like the story itself of just how the earl lube came about it's so organic like you said it's like a song it's just like, all right, it continued. And because there was no, I don't think you had the idea you wanted to uh, have your own line of wheat. I don't think you could plan this. Train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not. You, you know what I mean? So I wouldn't call it a train wreck, my friend. I would no, never no, call it a train wreck no. at all. But there's so many times I wanted to quit it. It's like, what are you doing this for? I mean, there's a million things I could be doing really, but. But like I said, that, you know, my mantra of just artist helping artists, it keeps me going. I've met so many cool people, and, and, and that's why, you know, I kind of play, you know, so I have uh, Earl Lube Industries Instagram, and I have all the girls love Earl. Yeah, let's and I kind of use all the girls love Earl as this, more of the street art in, the, in the Earl Lube Industries. It has both, but it, it's a little bit more, because it's really kind of going towards the fine artist. Mm, I, and right. I have a... You know, I have a piece that I made, the common bond between street artists and, and uh, fine artists is really what it's becoming. So, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah I, mean, uh, have, I remember seeing that. You have guys that. like, uh, the, best, the best example, I mean, there's a lot, but the best example that jumps to mind is a guy named Snip out of Las Vegas. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, that guy, he's killing it, big murals. He's been yeah. busier during the COVID deal than ever. I know. At the same time, he does fine art. He does some really amazing collages and stuff. And yep. so, Earl, you know, he uses Earl on both sides of the thing. And then, and then, you know, out of the, uh, let me tell you this story real quick. So, absolutely. So, you know, so Mark Ball takes me under his wing, puts me in the, uh, in the store there. And I have that, I built that display that you popped up earlier. And um, so I, I, I took all my, you know, I took the display there and I took, you know, milk crates full of product and I filled it up. And then the next day I went back to, uh, to take some pictures of it, of the display in the store. And, and, it, and it, it started happening that next, that next day is like, there's people, the artists working in that store. They're like, Hey, did you know you could do this with Earl Lube? Did you know you could do, I had, I made the street art space. But right out of the box, people started saying, well, you know, you can use that as a clear gesso. I'm using it as a clear gesso on wood, and I do acrylic work over the top of it, and then I let the wood show through. Oh, there you go. They started doing stuff with it that I didn't even know, you know, art forms that didn't even exist. There's a lady that was buying it to, because she 
apparently does apparel photography and she uses it like a starch. So she, she's so oh, yeah. who would ever think of that? So, wow. so then along the line, uh, a guy that works in there, Dean, who, who's become a super close friend of mine, he's the first guy that started mixing paint with it. I'd never thought of it. So it's a, it's a clear acrylic. So you can mix any acrylic, you know, paint. Like a medium. Dye. Yeah, it's a medium, really, it is. And I just, but I never thought of it that way. It's a paste to me. It's for computer. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's a, there's an art form. It's kind of like, I say, it's sort of like, it reminds me of tie dye in a way. And it, and it kind of runs the line of crafter and artist. So, it's called acrylic pouring. So what they do is yes. they, you know, they make these mediums. Basically, they have an open time extender in them, and you mix paint mm. with it, and then you mix some silicon oil in it, and you get cells. So Dean um, was the first guy. He started taking Earl Lube paste and mixing paint with it. Totally something I would have never thought of, and mm. he started using it for this acrylic pouring medium well the next thing you know he and i yeah there you go that's awesome so and i mean there's just the sky's the limit on what you can do with that wow so out of that we we got together and played chemist and we uh and we made a version of this pouring medium that i feel is one of the best there is and you know, at the time, it was the only matte finish one because we wanted it to be more artist friendly. Yes. And then, and then that from reason. there, you know, Greg Crayola picked it up and started. And this was like, I was almost mortified. He used it. He's using it as a wash over like this, you know, pitch and painting like he does. At the very yeah. end. He's using this product as a wash to go over his painting. I'm like, oh, my God. That's amazing. Something goes wrong. But oh, you know, yeah. it works that's very great. trusting. <laughs> and he and he then he did a little video on it and he's you know, so it's I could have never ever thought of any of that. Wow. It just happened. That's it's awesome. That's awesome. This, uh, this all needs to go into the packaging for uh, marketing this stuff. We're gonna help you with this. Yeah, no, we're gonna we're gonna have it. We're gonna have a separate, just a business meeting because uh, for me, for me, you know, I've always, like I said earlier, just like connecting the chemical industry to art is actually I, what I feel that the the chemical industry needs to do. You, you know what I mean? But there's too many of these like uh, I don't know, fucktards in suits in 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 the industry who who basically just care about these huge industrial kind of applications that you well, know. Yeah, what I opened up with is they eat their young. They don't like take guys like me and see the potential. Like, hey, let's help this guy out. But instead, they want you to got you got to buy fifty-five gallon drums of stuff to start out, and you can't do that. Oh, don't yep. don't worry. We're, we're we're gonna we're gonna change that. <laughs> we're gonna change that, Bubba. Okay, because uh, because like you know, you know, just like this uh spray can deal that we're 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 uh um we're working out right now. Our brand is Go Paint, basically, right? And the thing is like. Um, you know, we, it's there's there's such a huge disconnect between the artist and the chemist because I just even being around teach this whole time, this I never knew that glossy paint is like 
the worst type of paint for artists basically because you know it's very hard to put an even layer when you have that gloss in there and then on the especially other especially graffiti artists yeah and i never thought to discuss the finish of the paint with them like i, I just thought okay he's gonna know to make this matte. like I, I just automatically assumed that and then he got a couple of samples going over to his place and i was testing them out i was like oh dude these are these are gloss and he's like well yeah i'm like Oh yeah, I didn't. We didn't talk about. Right. And then the funny thing is, like you know, I, I kind of blew teachers' mind because I was like, they actually got to put a matting agent inside to to make it matte because the acrylic is so glossy normally. And yeah, then yeah, see, I thought I thought the best kind of paint to spray through my stencils because they have the screen was the the matte because it would stick, have less um, stuff to stick to the actual um, screen. And then he tells me, no, dude, that's an extra thing they put in there. If it's just gloss, then it's actually thinner. And I was <laughs> like, well, but that, it, it, but it clogs up my screens more. But it, but then I realized why it's because it's sticky. It's because right, it's, it right, leaves right. a sticky residue and everything in the world sticks to it. Any kind of dust or anything like well, that. So that's what the buildup and, is. And James will know this because like the Matic agency, a lot of times is like, uh, it's, it's dry and it's like, uh, it's, it's it's i can't describe what it's like it's like it's a tio2 like, or something like that it's I mean, very it's fluffy it's hard and it's hard to uh to get it mixed in and then it wants to go all over the place first so you got to be really a lot of people won't deal with that at all they do make liquid ones but but like the really good ones are are dry and so you got to like have a closed container to do that so that's the kind of little stuff you learn along the line yeah you, you know it's, it, this is so interesting because this is where uh expertises of different fields kind of cross because i think you know for manufacturing yeah. a product in the chemical industry at the end of the day it's a lot of it is about the mechanics and the machinery which probably i, I mean you, you know you're a little bit more familiar with because of your car expertise yeah well if you look behind there you can see that's a myers mixer behind me that's a big industrial <laughs> mixer I, i'll tell you right now i've never <laughs> seen a, a paint or a, a we, call, we call it the coatings industry a coatings lab that clean before I'll, I'll tell you right now okay because normally you know i'm working with these chemists they got like paint flying all over the place it's, it's an industrial application i'm i'm working for some roof coating or something like that you know the place is a mess man so just how clean I'm, work, I'm used to working in race shops where you can eat off the floor yeah. so <laughs> oh yeah the indie the indie quality man you, you know what i mean so we definitely got to talk some more man but um oh shit man it's actually an hour man so i mean um <laughs> that flew by you know dude but, uh, man i was like what are we gonna talk about right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember you saying that or i was like i don't have anything to talk about I'm like don't don't worry about it bro well, yeah <laughs> I, I mean, I could, today. I could, I could, I could go another hour. Just like you know, I mentioned your guys's bio and just the old days, and and you know, some other time maybe we'll talk about the old days. And oh, dude, we want to have you on again. We uh, yeah. we've already had a couple of people on again, people that we really love and want to support and and work with. Um, we definitely going to have you on again sometime. And I so, was so uh, afraid that James was going to ask me about music because I'm like I'm, I'm music <laughs> challenged. <laughs> I thought for sure he was asking. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm guessing, I'm guessing for driving normally, you know, there's nothing better than classic rock. You know, you put it on, you have the top down, right? You know, you know, some good driving music, right? You, you know. So, so normally I wear dual uh, Bluetooth headphones 24-7. And I say I listen to the music, the movie score of my life because I'm listening to music all the time. But I listen to it. I listen to an internet radio station called Radio Paradise. 
and the guy is uh and it's so it's rock based but the guy was like a commercial disc jockey most of his life and he hated playing what they told him to play and so when the internet came along he started his own radio station and uh and you should get and i don't know it just works for me he you know he he's very eclectic and but it's i don't know i love it nice i'm, I'm, I'm just throwing it, it down here. i'm gonna check it out radio paradise. Right and uh uh i mean it's still got like let's just say like you know it, it's got your pink floyds your your black keys but it has like the deep cuts man Man, I'm gonna have to check this out because uh, yeah, he'll play a lot of uh, long play, no vocal stuff, and I mean, you can just like, yeah, it's it's, it's awesome. Good. I have to, I'm a huge classic rock fan too, so I mean, at the end of the day, like that was I always say that's my first love, and one of the reasons why uh, you know I love classic rock because it's great driving music, man. When I was 16, I mean, kids don't even kids don't really care about their licenses these days, but you know. Uh, you know, the first time I got my car, man, at the time, it was like, I remember Aero 93.1 in LA was like my favorite radio station, which doesn't exist now anymore. You know what I mean? But, uh, uh, you know, driving was like a big motivation of why basically, uh, <laughs> you know, I wanted to, uh, you know, get out and listen to music, man. So, uh, I'll have to check this out, man. But, you know, this is a pretty cool side. I'm just looking at their playlist right now. They got a lot of, uh, eclectic stuff and it is rock based and uh, it does have some hits too on there too so i'll definitely check it out man so uh, i can't wait to hang out with you in person though bubba because uh um you know this is just Let's like this is a temporary so, thing i think i tell you what we gotta do is that uh you know i i have this what i call a street artist lunch and uh uh we've done it a few times i'd love to have you guys come do that so like wordsmith you know is typically there dog bite I didn't even get a chance to talk about Dog Bite. He was a huge influence on me in the beginning, the very, very, very beginning. Well, you uh, just did. Yeah, and then uh, I don't know Fox if you've you ever talked to uh, Wildlife. Yes. Do you know who Wildlife is? Absolutely. Yes. He's, I was he's just in his uh, neighborhood last night, as a matter of fact, putting a piece up. He's one of my up. favorite characters. I love that yep. guy. We hang out. Uh, but anyway, and he doesn't have social media, which is fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, he says he's not a street artist, but he is, you know. Oh, oh, yeah. So anyway, there's about a half a dozen of us that have been doing it, and I'd love to get you guys to come do that. And and we always try to like, we like always try to like suck in some new guy. Like Car Park was there last time. I love that guy's work. Yeah. And uh, so we meet at like Coles or something, and. Uh, hang out for an hour or so it's it's, it's a lot of fun that would be good awesome. yeah, can, can i ask you about one more thing there's a street art yeah. uh, north american street pasters championship i'm actually oh, never yeah, seen yeah, it. Yeah. can you tell us a little bit about this you know that guy so it's it's put on by the smack guy with a four for the a yeah so uh yeah what's his instagram it's smack i think underscore smack one, one yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he he hit me up to uh, you know thinking Earl Pace would be uh, the natural sponsor for that thing. I'm <laughs> always to be honest, I'm always dubious of that kind of stuff. Yeah, but, uh, but um, T Smoke, you know who T Smoke yes. is? Yes, you know, yes, Anthony. Guy, he's he's pretty busy right now. He's getting up a lot. Yes, he he kind of you know pushed me on that deal, and I got involved in it, and. Uh, and and it's been a, I think it's a quality deal. So he's based out of Austin, and to be honest, I don't know exactly how the rules are, but uh, it's supposed to fire up. We've been promoting it. It's supposed to fire up August first, 
And uh, I think it's, you know, the competition is basically, basically virtual because everybody can't be in Austin or in one place. Right. But uh, yeah. I don't know all the details. You should hit him up. I think if you guys could uh, promote that a little bit, it would be would work yeah, well. So, uh, or, uh, oh, yeah. Oh, and Smack One is actually SM4. Yeah. Um, the, the CK underscore one, right? <clears throat> yeah, and actually, yeah. uh, uh, you know, one of our other resident artists, a sellout, is on there too. So, uh, oh, yeah, we'll have to ask him about it, man, because uh, this is an interesting concept to me. And, uh, you know, whatever we can do, like you said, man, I love that artists helping artists at the end of the day. I think, uh, there you, you know, go, we man. Should, we should give him some love. He's putting out a lot of effort, he's a good guy. We've communicated well, you know, a lot of times that doesn't happen. This guy, this guy's been good, so. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, I would definitely consider uh, uh, Bubba, you're an OG in this game now, man. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, because at least in my eyes, like ever since I've started noticing the Easter eggs in life, man, uh, a street art, you know, you, you've been there, man. So, uh, you know, any, stalwart. <laughs> any direction yeah, you want to point us, man, we definitely want to support them. Definitely. That's cool. Well, you know what? I, I appreciate what you guys are doing. I've always been a history buff, you know, since I was a kid. And uh, and I think the history of this, I mean, again, you know, I, you know, we could run, we don't have time now, but just all the guys that were out when I was out is like pretty amazing. And now it's, now there's a whole new crop. I mean, and yeah. I think all that history is, is uh, important. Important and worth saving, you know. And you guys and less beef too. I appreciate what you guys are doing very much. And less beef. Yeah, that's why we do what we do, man. You know, Mr. Romano, I gotta say a quick Mr. Romano story. So, you know, I watched his interview on you guys. That dude, <laughs> that dude has has the fever worse than anybody I've ever seen in this game. <laughs> that guy is like he he just has it and he just can't get rid of it. And I love that, <laughs> love it. Man. that, that he, guy. And is... he's just and you know so he was off for a while. He has you know he's got a little fan you know he's got a little family growing up. He had to stay home for a while, but now he's back at it and he's busy, man. That guy's busy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. He goes big too. He and he's uh, probably getting he's into another some, stalwart. He's yeah, probably like getting he into some. Like the rest Earl of us, started out that way. I would meet him to, you know, to give him paste, and he would jump out of his. He had a Cadillac at the time. He would jump out with a one-gallon coffee can and a paintbrush and put something up right there while we were there. <laughs> and he just couldn't help himself. I love that, that's man. Awesome, man. You know, that's what I'm saying. At the end of the day, there's a small little. I mean, it's actually pretty big because it's a global industry, the street art world. You know what I mean? And there, you know, if your product's the best, man, we love to just help you distribute it, man. You know, and uh, you know, like I said, you yeah, I look forward to having you on again. Definitely. Bro, thanks for, thanks for joining. I always say, tonight, if, if I could have bought paste, good paste, I would have never done this. <laughs> I, I, you know, my story. I didn't set out to do this. I would have bought. I would buy it today. But uh, <laughs> said, there was the there mother of invention, nothing. right? Yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, Bubba, we'll have to invite you on again, man, because uh, uh, we have another episode coming up with uh, RX Skulls, man. So, uh, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, I can't wait to meet you in person and talk some more business and uh, hang out with you a little too, learn a bit, little bit more about the racing industry. All right. Thank you guys so much. And uh, to the audience, love you guys. Take care and peace. Peace. Later. Later. Thank you, Bubba. Love you too.
心。